too much horror business Driving late at night Psycho 78 12 o'clock Don't be late I said all this horror business My mirrors are okay. black for you Are you recording? Greetings and salutations. My name is Justin Lohr. And I'm Liam O'Donnell. And you are listening to another creepy, crawly, icky episode of Horror Business. Is it icky? It is. And it's icky because Liam just made me watch the trailer. Well, didn't make me watch. He didn't put a gun to my head and, you know, threaten to kill people I love. So yeah. watch the trailer for... You willingly watched it. I willingly watched the trailer for Alita Battle Angel. Watch this trailer. A-L-I-T-A Battle Angels. New Robert Rodriguez film. What, what would you, if you had to guess, what would you say the source material for that is? Uh, how many guesses do I get? Just one? Um, oh, fuck. Uh, okay. Anime? Yeah! I knew it! <laughs> when she fucking says, I, I give you my heart, so many long-haired guys with ponytails yeah. who say katana and karate and live in basements are going to be furiously masturbating over that in the theaters. <laughs> I just hope they don't bring their weird Weibo body pillows with them. Oh, Jesus wept. <laughs> or their sex dolls. To be fair, I remember, uh, I think it's, I think, so the movie, I believe, is called Alita Battle Angel, and I believe the anime is called Battle Angel Alita. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh, I remember that anime. I thought it was pretty cool. And then I remember when they said James Cameron had bought it, and I thought, that's never going to come out. And uh, that was in the year 1998 that he got the rights to that and said he was going to make his own version. And now here we come with his produced but directed by Robert Rodriguez version in 2000 and whatever year so it we're, is. So we're going to get a good Terminator film from him on my deathbed 30 years from now. No, that's never going to happen. Okay. Terminator's over. Uh, well, this isn't a Terminator podcast, so that's that's left up to better men. Or women. You know, they can like Terminator too. God damn it. Anyway, so the movies we're talking about today are 1975's Bug. Bug. And 1997's Mimic. Mimic! <laughs> and you could probably tell by the inflection in my voice how I feel about those two films. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, so the, the, the theme in this episode is, like, it's icky. It's gross, icky, buggy things. Um, we were we were originally going to watch The Nest and Mimic, but uh, we couldn't find a copy of The Nest that wasn't um, cropped weirdly or had, like, Slovakian subtitles while someone read it in Polish. Well, I mean, there is a uh, there is an official Blu-ray release, which I have now ordered, uh, and we can watch the, blue, the Blu-ray. I, I heard about Blu-ray. <laughs> we can watch The Ray of Blue when that arrives. But yeah, we didn't have time to order the Blu-ray, and there's really no streaming options for it. The Which YouTube, is a shame. The YouTubes led us astray. Yes, I was horribly, horribly let down by YouTube in this specific case. I, I was just like, man, usually YouTube is a source for quality cinema recorded well and displayed well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my, my recent thing on YouTube is watching The Room as a print song. So it, it's brought a little bit of joy into my life recently. The Room. The Tommy Wiseau movie. As a Prince song. Recut as a Prince song. So they take snippets of dialogue from The Room, auto-tune them, and I mean, it's a little red Corvette, but with like lines of dialogue from The Room auto-tuned into that. (laughs) That's kind of crazy. It's actually, it's, uh, the the chorus is just, I can't do it because I can't sing to fucking save my life, but it's definitely been stuck in my head all day. Imagine Oh Hi Mark to the chorus of Little Red Corvette. 
<laughs> but enough about uh, actually, you know what? Real, I'm just gonna say this because I want I wanted to talk to you. This isn't like horror related, but sure. it's definitely. Am I wrong in not being excited about uh, about feeling a tad touch of guilt about wanting to see the disaster artist? Because I honestly believe that Tommy Wusou Wusou is like not in his right facilities and it's it's sort of like well no, i i think you're wrong i think he is eccentric okay i think he is creepy okay i think he is needy but i don't think he's crazy actually at okay. all Okay, so we're not collectively as a nation laughing at a, a, a person with reduced f- facilities no um i think it's easy to assume that because my man's <laughs> has that accent it's not just the accent. And then he says he's from New Orleans. He's and, made up so many stories about his life. Sure, but I mean, being a liar doesn't make you mentally handicapped. Touche. Let's put it this way: the movie's based off the book, which his admitted best friend in the world, Greg, wrote. He was on set and is, in fact, in the movie. Has oh, a he role is? in the movie. Okay. And has seen it now three times. And according to James Franco, the third time, finally admitted to James Franco, he says, you know, I can't do the voice for a while. It's like, jabs. <laughs> you know, when I make the room, it doesn't turn out exactly how I want it to turn out. He doesn't sound this Russian, but that's how No, he, he doesn't. <laughs> I can't do his voice. Anyways, he basically says, like, you know, maybe the room didn't quite turn out the way I wanted it to. But people have since found meaning in it, and I guess that's something. Which, to this point... Is the most fault he's ever. If you don't know, guys, because I think I think um, the weird thing about the room is that it's got this cult status as like the worst movie ever and all these things, whatever. But he claims this was on purpose that he made a satire and that you are watching his brilliant satire, uh, even though the billboard that claimed it was a Tennessee Williams style drama that's yeah. what it said on the billboard was up for almost a decade. He now claims it was a comedy. I don't know. I mean, I yeah, there's a lot going on with that guy, but he doesn't feel bad about the movie. I think he really likes the movie. Um, he, 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 he told James Franco there were two moments he found really emotional. One was an obvious moment. It was a moment of connection between him and Greg. Or okay. And then he said something about a pool scene. He's like, why the, what, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? It's like, you know, when Greg is talking to his girlfriend and whatever, and they're just having a conversation about something or other. I don't know. I didn't see the movie yet, but whatever. And he says, why, why that scene? It's just a conversation. He's like, well, it's in a pool and pools are always happy. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, Tommy was so. Anyway, speaking of assholes whose sanity I'm constantly questioning, this episode is brought to you by Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. Oh God, poor Chris. Poor Chris. That's right, Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations, the Lehigh Valley's premier spring, screen printing company, where you can get anything you can think of, within reason. So I guess not anything you can think of, printed for your sports club your fan club your shitty shit dick podcast uh anything you can think of they will assist in every step of the creative process they will 
they will work with you to, to come up with a good idea. If you're one of the if you're the type of person who just shows up and is like, yeah, I want like a I got like a uh, like a hot dog eating team, and I want like a shirt with like a hot dog on it. Maybe like eating a smaller hot dog. They will come up with some design to symbolize your hot dog eating team. Let's say you're a DJ. Okay. This is going to be amazing. Who owns a detailing company. Okay. And you want a picture of you um, blowing a sick vape cloud. Yes. Of weed with weed leaves on you as you detail a weed leaf onto someone's low rider car. Which when you squint is just a giant weed leaf. Made of weed leaves. (laughs) LVAC has you covered. Yes. So go there. Say you want a wee leaf print. Chris, okay, first off, Chris Reject would like that because he's not straight edge. And in college, Chris Reject had a poster of an alien wearing a Dr. Seuss hat playing, juggling with mushrooms. You can't prove that that wasn't real, so good luck. Uh, go there, get work done. That's our fucking shout out to Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. Let's say you're in a fish cover band. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's say you are. You're a... playing a big gig. You got a big gig coming up. Yeah. And you're in this fish cover band. Let's say you're playing at um, Johnny's Crab Shack. Yeah, with Oysterhead. Yeah, with Oysterhead. And uh, you have, you know, an idea for T-shirts. But you know, why stop at T-shirts? Yeah. Why not print uh, some koozies or Dr. Seuss hats? Yeah, Dr. Seuss hats <laughs> or uh, various forms of underwear. Yes. Chris has got you covered. Chris has got you covered. Chris and his team of miscreants has you covered. You want to screen print a, a cod piece? Chris will do it. Chris will do it. Yeah. All right, so... I could go for a good screen-printed cod piece. Could you? I'd like one that says, the fuck stops here. Yes. <laughs> or the fuck stops here. <laughs> there you go. Um, all right, so uh, have you done anything horror-related recently? Since you got back from Chicago and hanging out with Larry Cohen and your boy? Um, yeah, you know what's funny is I... Rushed to finish a movie because I wanted to talk about it on here. And then I talked about it on Cinebox by mistake. I didn't mean to. It just came up. What movie was it? So on Shudder, there's a movie. You know, I talked last time about... um, What was the other one I talked about? The Hell House Incorporated? Yes, yes. Uh, Around the same time, I checked out a movie and and I just didn't get a chance to finish it. So I just went back and finished it. Called Lace Crater. Okay. It's a smaller indie production, which uh, there's a good chunk of on Shudder. I don't know if it ever got distribution past shutter but uh it's one of those films that uh is very very much feels like a uh, drama sort of film in which something fantastical happens so maybe it, it's a little more like magical realism ask okay it's uh some friends they're up at a house um there's some tension among them some sexual tension and then the one woman goes to stay in the uh, guest house, which someone said, like, oh, when I was growing up, I was, thought that was haunted. Mm. And she encounters a dude covered in burlap, just all over burlap. And so she is kind of drunk. So this movie is about how Chris Reject, Chris Reject met his wife. Right. Okay. Basically, the, suffice it to say, this this being is like a ghost but unlike most ghosts who in ghost films they tend to be like they know what's up like they're dead or they're like angry or yeah this guy just seems like he's not sure what's going on that's kind of sad he's kind of sensitive to light and whatever and they start talking and you know one thing leads to another and uh and they fuck okay spectrophilia is the term for that 
and uh turns out that's not good for you and then the movie kind of starts to slowly go off the rails and what i liked about the way that it depicts that not only because it's fucking gross is that uh it's also it's not just about the horror of her going through these changes and not knowing how she feels about it which is kind of uh metaphorical for um an std or another kind of sickness uh it's more also about her relationships with her friends and how what she's going through affects those relationships mm. which feels less like a traditional illness and more like the maybe more related to like mental illness like okay. like she's it's kind of alienating from them and um she wants to connect to them and I, anyways I, I thought a lot of those personal interactions were really interesting and also the way that they sort of told the story was cool so it's not like a, a amazing film but you know for something that i didn't know what to expect and i i enjoyed it a lot i wanted to hype it up and just say like you should check it out it's on shutter it's called lace crater you know if you're looking for pulse pounding action don't watch this movie no 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 what movie would you recommend for pulse pounding action um die hard excellent choice <laughs> excellent choice i was gonna make a porno joke but then i couldn't no. think of any good porn names so then i went with a real answer i would watch out for justice the hardo okay <laughs> um I'm trying to think of why is it called lace crater i mean you have to watch it to does she yell put it in my lace crater at some point oh my god why do i do a podcast with you it's crazy Anyway, this is such a bad decision. What else have you? What else have you? Have you watched anything else? I'm trying to think if there's anything else horror, horror related that I've watched. I don't think so. Um, uh, not horror related, but I'll recommend. I saw that movie, Lady Bird. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, I've been hearing good things about it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. But um, no, I've got I've got a list of things I'm trying to watch um, before the end of the year, including earlier today I started Super Dark Times. So that looks pretty good. But, okay. But no, I haven't haven't really been rocking it on the horror. But I'm glad I, at least I got done. Oh, you know what I did see that's horror and I would recommend well, it's loosely horror. We the next episode of well two episodes from now of Cinepunks is about um Jean Rolin and uh oh I, I guess you're actually supposed to pronounce it Jean Rollin. I don't fucking know. Jean Rollin. Liam. That's not how you it's Jean. Jean. It's Jean. Are you sure about that? Although we kept saying we kept saying the Philly version was John. We were like, John Rowland. <laughs> Anyways, the point being, I watched Fascination, and I'd never seen it before, and, you know, he's kind of a weird filmmaker, so I didn't know what I would think, and I really liked it. So um, that was on Cheddar, but I don't Didn't know you guys talk more. about that this past episode, the episode you just recorded? Fascination? Yeah. That's what I'm saying, the one we just recorded. But it's, oh. But it's, I still have to put out an episode before we put that one out. Oh, okay. I have an episode with Tony Rettman that is... I was going to be editing today, but it's not done yet. As you look at your imaginary watch, which you <laughs> just fucking did. <laughs> and then after the Tony Rittman episode, then I'll start editing the episode about John Rowland. Oh, cool. John Rowland. Hey, it's, it can't get any more ignorant than me calling him Gene, so. That John is Rowland. Yeah, no, I said it. Anything else? Any other fucking... Uh... Why don't you just say some shit? How about that? I didn't, haven't watched any horror movies because I've been I've I, I I've been subjecting myself to watch Iron Fist and The Defenders. Um, oh, I didn't know you started The Defenders. Well, okay, tell the audience about how much you hated Iron Fist. Okay, it's not that I hated Iron Fist; it's just that I don't know how to say how I feel about that without lying when I said I didn't hate it. Um, 
I don't know. It's just whack. It was like a misstep on Marvel's part. The first misstep. It was definitely the weakest thing they've done so far. Um, I don't know. We just don't need another rich white kid goes away and comes back to bring justice to a city. You know, Arrow does it much better. Um, and without the fucking bullshit white savior aspects of it. So hmm. uh, the Defenders, though, I do like because the Defenders, especially some of the mythos of the hand that it's developing... Um, it kind of reminds me of, I get this, I bring this up all the time. I don't think anyone, except maybe our boy Ryan Sawyer, uh, Patreon subscriber Ryan Sawyer. We are eternally grateful for that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. He would get it when I say it's, it's very F. Paul Wilson-y and his adversary cycle and the idea that there's this ancient society moving behind the scenes, devoting themselves to some dark art to bring about some sort of weird apocalypse. And they're using a human being as a vessel for something inhuman. And plus Scott Glenn's in it. He was in the keep, so. I, I, I'm about three and a half episodes in. It's much better than Iron Fist. The fight scenes are awesome. Um, I think Finn Jones is better in it. Uh, sure. It, it's, it's much more enjoyable than Iron Fist. And it's got Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. And I like the way Madame Gal walks around. So she's a little cute. She walks around with her cane. <laughs> she's so adorable. I, I still don't think it's, um, as good as some of the other Marvel no. shows, but, uh, I think after Iron Fist, anything was going to be. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I didn't watch anything horror-related, but there were a few trailers I've watched in the past couple of days I do want to talk about. We'll okay. start with the good, and we'll move on to the I don't know, and then we'll get right to the fucking what the fuck is wrong with humanity. You probably should have told me to watch these trailers. Okay. I probably should have, <laughs> but I didn't, so I'm sorry. Um, movie called Devil's Gate. Just watch the trailer for Um These are all, you can all check them out. This is all available on uh, Bloody Disgusting. Devil's Gate, I suspect, is about aliens, which, you know, I, I, I could fuck with that. You know, people disappearing, town with secrets. Looks pretty cool. Uh, you Shall Not Sleep is a Spanish film. Uh, I don't know how to say that. The title's actually in Spanish. You Shall Not Sleep is, is a translation of that. Sure. Uh, but it kind of reminds me, if anyone remembers that, like, creepypasta thing about the Russian sleep experiment. Sure. It sounds kind of like that. Um, I hate that I don't have much to say about the two things that I enjoyed because they both look like I'm going to enjoy them. Uh, but the Day of the Dead trailer, or I'm sorry, Day of the Dead Bloodline. Have you watched this trailer yet? No. Well, I didn't watch any of these trailers because you didn't okay. we were going to talk about them. Okay. Well, I mean, this was, this was literally something I was like thinking about like an hour ago when I was like, we should I put them in my notes. An hour is not nearly enough time to watch I know. three trailers. First off, it is. <laughs> I know. That's why I'm making fun of you. Okay. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. So anyway, so there, I don't know if it's a fucking remake. And anyone who's talked to me for more than five minutes about horror movies, you know that I am. I don't. I don't mind remakes. My name is Justin Lore. It's not John Wren. What's up, John Wren? How you doing, my man? Jesus. No, he hates remakes. Sure. I'm just saying. Like no, that, that's not. A, that's not a character judgment. That's not a. That's not like a thing about him. He just doesn't like remakes. This is the type of remakes where I watch this and I'm like, sometimes John's got a point about things, because we know this is a remake, though. Well, it. I mean, from what I saw, it's got all the beats of Day of the Dead, including a bub character. But here's the kicker. What what is if I were to say to you, Liam, I already know what you're gonna say. What is your favorite part of Day of the Dead? Aside from the 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 the, the pilot who smokes the marijuana. What is your favorite part of Day of the Dead? And the casual racism of the soldiers. I feel like all you're leaving me is Bub. Oh, there you go. So yeah, Bub. He's a good. He's a good guy. You know, he's 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 got heart. He's he's relatable. He's just awesome because he's a good guy at the end of the day. 
they make him evil in this one. They make the bub, the zombie that's learning, they make him evil. But here's the kicker. Bub looks, or I'm sorry, his name is, um, I don't fucking know. It actually looks terrifying. There's something about the makeup and the way the guy, I forget the actor's name, um, plays Jonah Hex on Heroes of Tomorrow. Oh, sure, 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 yeah. sure. Um, if you just look up an image of him, he looks like there's nothing like clown makeup, clown makeup about him. But the way the makeup makes his mouth look, it makes it look much bigger. And when he smiles, even without showing his teeth, it just looks like there's something unsettling about it. Like mouth of Sauron from Lord of the Rings unsettling. Do you think Bub's the bad guy because the movie's pro-military as opposed to Day of the Dead, which... <laughs> this is how we treat our veterans. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, Day of the Dead is a little bit like, uh, if I gotta choose between the uh, the the mindless uh, murderer and the zombie, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I choose the zombie. But Bub, you know, Bub was in the military. Bub was a military guy. I know, but the people, he, he technically kills people around him yeah those people just are terrible yes so if this movie the people are not terrible then it would make sense that bub would be the bad guy i guess i mean i don't know at no point does bub go you know what not you little buddy he kind of does though like when he sort of when the doctor when the doctor's like you know kind of but most of the time it's just him fucking figuring out how a gun works reading a book saluting yeah but you know what i mean like uh it's easy for him to be charming because he's surrounded by monsters part of the reason bub is so charming i mean he's charming because of the actor but part of the reason it makes sense to make him charming is because the movie is about how everyone else is monsters fair enough i mean that's also not to get too far off on a fucking tangent about the finer points of george romero's films but i think that's that's typical, you know, the real threat isn't the zombies. The real threat is the living zombies. People. Right, but in Day of the Dead, I think Bub particularly, Bub's the first time where it's like, so like in Night of the Living Dead, it's like, okay, we're in this house and there's all this tension and whatever, and the zombies have no character. And then in Dawn of the Dead, it's like, the zombies are terrible, but uh, we sort of start to become the zombies. Yeah. Such that when... Uh, the uh, the boyfriend dude literally becomes a zombie. It's just a fulfillment of where his character was going anyway. True. Whatever. In Day of the Dead, it's like, we're so bad that the zombie's actually kind of the hero <laughs> of the movie. I like that. I like that. I think that's really kind of what's going on there. And that's why when everyone was like, I can't believe in Land of the Dead, he made the zombies like the good guys. It's like, that was just the next step. Where yeah. else could he take the yeah. series? I looked from one to the other and I could not tell the difference. Uh-huh. So, all that to say, um, just watch it. Maybe it's a bad trailer. Honestly, maybe, like, because in the same way that I honestly think the new, the next Pacific Rim movie, I don't think it's going to be a bad movie, but that trailer is awful. That trailer is fucking garbage. Already. 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 All right, let's do this. We're going to have a fight. There's going to be monsters. They've rescheduled the apocalypse, so now we're going to cancel it again. Like a Morrissey concert that Justin got mad about missing on Monday because Morrissey canceled. Whoa. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe. We're so easily abused. Maybe it's, just gonna, maybe it's just a bad trailer. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just a bad trailer and it's going to be great. I'm saying I will give it credit for one thing. Uh, the, the zombie Max guy looks really scary. 
I just don't like. I'm just fucking over. At what point does he avoid something in slow motion and it goes already? <laughs> oh man. <sighs> uh, here's the thing about the Pacific Rim trailer is like intellectually, I know it looks bad, but part of me is kind of like, I don't know. They're gonna fight more kaiju. Sounds good to me. I mean, don't get me wrong. That's the charm of it. But it's it's like I was watching it and. Uh, I'm I'm all on board with fucking giant robots killing. I'm easily amused. I'm so easily amused. I'm not 100% opposed or even 10% opposed to going to see Rampage when it comes out. Because people are like, this looks fucking dumb. No. 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 Here we go. Here we go. No. Liam climbs out of his ivy tower and adjusts his monocle. And, oh, my starch hat, my starch top hat almost fell. I'm so mad right now. Look, look, look. It's easy to point fingers at people. Liam comes down. It's easy to point fingers at people and Reeking treat them like small batch and treat them and treat them, like, and treat them like aristocratic elitists when you're covered in actual human feces. Hey man, eating that human feces and going, oh, this shit's real good. I really like this hey shit. Hey man, you live with apes, especially big ones that the Rock is friends with. It's hard to be clean. That's all I'm saying. This is this is this is the thing. I think you are saying something about elitism whereas what i'm claiming is give me the same movie directed by fellini and you would fucking love it no quite the opposite the movie looks humorless in every possible way Mm. completely humorless you've cast a movie based on the video game rampage in which three giant monsters smash a city yes not only have you cast this movie not have you made this movie but you've cast the rock in it one of the action comedic geniuses yes. of our generation yes. and you've seen fit to remove any jokes from it whatsoever no there's a joke in the trailer it's like a joke in the and whole it's trailer good. no and then and then white javier bardet he makes a joke too so there's two there's two jokes the movie looks too goddamn serious hey give me giant monsters or give me death i'm just saying i i think the same thing that was not serious would be more what I want. Okay. I don't think I need the fucking um, Citizen Kane of giant monster movies. We already got that. It's called Godzilla. I was going to say, you're just talking about Godzilla. Yeah. No, because Godzilla had a magical Asian man, which Citizen Kane doesn't have. Where is our magical Asian man in Godzilla? You're talking about the new Godzilla. No, I'm talking about... Oh, the original yeah. Godzilla. Yeah. Yeah, sure, 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 but that's the that's a whole another thing. This is like overly ridiculously serious version of something stupid. Godzilla, in and of itself, is a serious thing. Yes, but I thought you were referring to the overly serious American remake, which I like. In which it's fine, but how many times are going to go to uh, our man so he can just go? Godzilla represent the Earth. You're like, okay, cool, thanks, man. Let them fight. Let them fight. It's it's kind. I mean, here's the thing. I wasn't offended because I'm not an Asian man. Uh, I well, I was actually. I was a little offended. I was yeah. a little offended. But Josh was real. I mean, Josh as an Asian dude. I can't wait till they make hates. That. I can't. I, I sincerely hope. Actually, no, I don't. And that in the Godzilla movie, I hope that like there's like a monster that lives beneath like South Dakota, and it just like comes out of the ground, and they're like. Our operative in the Sioux people, Chief Running Bear, and he's like, my people said this monster shall bring balance to the lands. We should let him fight. <laughs> All right. You know, fucking God damn it. We can't do anything. 
All I'm saying is that dude's character is just unnecessary. And then the other part about Godzilla that kind of bummed me out is like how much about the soldier guy it is. And I'm like, no one came to this movie because they're like, I hope there's lots of that soldier dude. You know, that nameless actor who no one cares about. Don't get upset, man. I'm always upset. So I guess that I guess we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to talk. What do you want to do first? Let's get Bug out of the way first because I fucking didn't like that movie. It was fine. We're going to talk. <laughs> we're gonna talk about, we're gonna take a quick break and we come back. We're gonna talk about 1975's Bug. Bug. That's pretty good. What I just it was did. good. It was good. All right. It was a day like any other. The air hung heavy with the heat. Then it happened. in the land that reached to the very bowels of the earth itself, spitting out the fires of hell. And the gleaming black bug that had no eyes and looked like a rock. It traveled in the exhaust pipes of cars, making fire, killing, and infesting the land with a burning terror. Wherever you turned, the bug was waiting ready to grasp you in its soul-chilling grip of terror to push you beyond human endurance and leave you in a state of blood-boiling fear that will drag you to the brink of your sanity. One man was determined to learn its secrets, to discover how it grew and what it needed to survive. The Parmiteras will eat only raw meat, any kind. At first, it ate only ashes, but now it needed meat, and it would get that meat from whatever source it could. It was a creature from hell, and nothing could stop it. The bug lives. The bug grows. The ordinary becomes the extraordinary as the bug brings you the ultimate experience in terror. A terror so real it will make your skin crawl, your heart pound, and your soul scream for release from the bug. You won't live alone if you live at all when the bug comes to your house. All right, we're back to talk about 1975's Bug, but first I just want to give a shout-out to my man Brad Hogarth at LVAC, who during the break sent me a video of a skeleton riding a Segway. (laughs) So that was pretty cool. All right, so we have Bug, written by William Castle and Thomas Page. Based on the novel The Hephaestus Plague by Thomas Page. Directed by Geno Swark. We'll go with that. Who directed Jaws 2 and Supergirl. Not the CW Supergirl, the film Supergirl. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Starring Bradford Dillman, Joanna Miles, Richard Gillihan, Jamie Smith-Jackson, and Alan Fudge. I don't know what those people are in. I don't care. I didn't look. Because mm-hmm. I don't fucking care. It was released on June 6, 1975, which I believe was Damien Thorne's birthday. Hail Satan. Um, Liam, when we first read – this was our second choice. We were originally supposed to watch The Nest, as we already talked about. So then we settled on Bug. Liam, when you first read the general plot of this movie, like the synopsis of it, 
How did you think this movie was going to play out? Hmm. That's interesting. Um, I don't know. I didn't have a lot of expectations. I will say that I didn't expect for the bugs. Well, I didn't really read the synopsis, so okay. I guess if I had, I might have. Um, I might have known that the bugs uh, start fires. That the the bugs they don't eat anyone. They don't. They're not even really directly aggressive. That's what I'm saying. They just start fires, and then we fuck with them, and then they, you know, occasionally light us on fire. So the the okay. So the there's an earthquake. The bugs get loose. That's all I know. There's an earthquake. The bugs. Get Thank loose. you. So oh, I'm s- picturing hordes of either giant bugs or smaller bugs, but a lot of them attacking people and taking over. But no one notices these bugs. We don't even yeah, notice them. They're not a part. threat to anybody. Well, no, but okay, so this is what doesn't make sense. This is what's confusing. Well, let's first, let, okay. All right, so uh, there's an earthquake, things get fucked up, and then they discover these bugs. Bugs uh, come out of the earth. Our main characters discover the firebugs, and these bugs have little things on their butt, and it starts fires. What's weird, so there's a few things that don't make sense. One of the things that doesn't make sense is um, within a day, most of the town is on fire. <laughs> Cats are being burned alive left and right. I'm just saying, they show you downtown is like on fucking fire and the guy's like calling like it's the bugs the bugs and like no one cares they're like okay making the jerking off motion no one notices and then also the sense of urgency of these people that they've sort of realized like oh wow there's all these bugs and they came out of the ground they start fires they're they're like not in a panic to solve this problem they're just kind of like it seems there's some bugs it just seems like it's more of a nuisance like they're like oh these fuck my car's on fire again god damn it these bugs and so it's it's they're sort of at a weird nuisancey level with this thing, and then occasionally the bugs are showing up places where you know it's going to be a problem, and eventually one of our characters is a scientist gentleman, his wife is is killed. Uh, he's not even one of the main character. He's like a side character who's brought in, and then it's just catapulted the to main character movie status. Just focuses on him while the family, who's also lost two family members, yeah. they don't even fucking matter anymore. His wife is killed while reading to herself. The shittiest, shittiest, shittiest recipes from the 70s. Like, oh, gelatinized mackerel with uh, There's pickled up, ham. No, straight up. That she's reading these. these when the Let's just put it this way. When the bug fucking lights her on fire, it, it, it crawls up her neck. I mean, this part's kind of creepy. Uh, there are creepy aspects of the movie. Bug comes up on her neck. She doesn't notice, which these bugs, by the way, they make giant cockroaches look small. So, like, the fact They're that... They're Madagascar hissing cockroaches. The idea that this bug would not that she just wouldn't notice this bug crawling up her neck is insane but it's a fire starting bug so then once the bug is there it's not going to like eat her brain or anything but it lights her fucking hair on fire which again one of the things that's not clear about these bugs is are they hostile or not at first maybe they are hostile but then after a while they're just hanging out you know there's all these fires but it's not clear that they there's they're intelligent or not but in this situation he could have lit a fire at any moment but he waits until he gets on her hair he lights her hair on fire when he lights her hair on fire, most audience members are going to be stoked because she's reading these ingredients. She's like horrible oh, ingredients, gelatinized chicken eyeballs. Like I, I mean, we're exaggerating only because we can't remember the details. It's like oh it's yeah, grosser than anything. Oh, uh, so get the pickled figs and the uh, actual human shit and mix them together in a bowl. And like... So she dies. A few people have died at this point, and still no one's that panicked about the bugs. Or a lot of people, I guess, don't believe it, but. 
you don't get a you don't get an idea of the scale of this thing because there's really only six characters who talk on screen. You see some other extras and shit, but there's only a few who who you kind of interact with. And as soon as the scientist character's wife dies, the movie makes this hard left turn. Oh my god, it's so his abrupt. Obsession with these bugs, but his, the way he works out his obsession with the bugs who've now basically killed his wife is he's going to breed them with. Normal yeah, cockroaches? It, it, it gets like – so it starts out, it, and there's like a church, and then there's an earthquake. And this all sounds like classic when animals attack. You have some variation of a normal everyday animal that is like – it's prehistoric or mutated or I don't know, whatever. And it comes out of the ground, and then like typically the the narrative would be like it lays siege to this small town, and they, they have to solve this problem. In this movie instead, they kill two people, a, a cat – um, they set a couple, they ruin a couple cars. They just get under the hood of these cars and they just like set the car, the electronics on fire. They kill this woman. And then like Liam said, the main character, I guess was the main character. He's just like, I'm going to excuse myself to this isolated house and I'm going to breed them with normal cockroaches. Now, if you breed a supernatural, supernatural cockroach with a normal cockroach, I, that would lead me to believe that, like, you would just get, like, a shittier, less supernatural cockroach, a slightly more exotic normal cockroach. I- instead, we're treated to um, some sort of even more super bug. Like, kind of when... Uh, this is a terrible analogy, and I'm not going to use it, but I'm going to... We, we missed a detail here that, that it's important to talk about. Okay, so... Um, they're slowly investigating these cockroaches, and the scientist becomes more of a character because he's also investigating these, investigating these cockroaches. But they discover an important detail about the cockroaches. Do you remember what that was? They, what eat, was they eat ash, and they don't have eyes. No, no. Something else. Way more important to the plot. They're intelligent? No. I don't know. They Okay, so they came up from the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what happens to them once they're out of the pressurized air? Oh, they die. They die. That's the thing. Basically, my man here saves one of these cockroaches who oh. are all dying, and it seems like he's breeding them so he can get revenge. Like, as if, like, okay, like, uh, let's say uh, me and Justin are hanging out, and then these wolves come and they fucking maul Justin. Yeah. And I, I know you're a vegan and you would not support this, but as a normal human, I think, well, now I must murder wolves. I would support you laying waste to the wolf population out of vengeance. I must murder wolves for the sake of vengeance. Only, here's the crazy thing about these wolves, they're pressurized, and now they're all exploding. Yeah. And so rather than just go, well, they're going to die anyway, so it's fine, I go, you know what what I'm going to do? I'm going to get one of these pressurized wolves. I'm going to put it in. Any wolves, not even the one that killed my friend. Yeah, just one of them. Yeah. Put them in a fucking special chamber that i had someone build for me what is the special chamber made out of uh it's a fucking diving helmet. get me a diving helmet i'm gonna put the wolf in the diving helmet then i'm gonna breed it with normal wolves who didn't kill my friend watch them fuck catalog and document their various fucking escapades with the idea that somehow in fighting it dying i will then get my revenge he oh well, first off he tortures the bug by occasionally like lowering the pressure and he's like <laughs> you like that <laughs> and and then he, he like after the bug gives birth it has like an egg case and then he's like oh bro these other bugs are like different somehow and then he like takes the he's like how about a family reunion and he like puts the the mother bug in with the other bugs and they they kill it and he's like <laughs> showed you and 
completely reasonably his family is very his family and friends are very concerned for him because he's just out in this house and the movie should only be 80 to 90 minutes and it i think it might be but it felt it felt like it was like four hours long because well because it, it kills all the first of all there's not a lot of action there's no to yeah. bugs that set fires that in and of itself is not there's not a lot of momentum there but then it hits a fucking wall for what little momentum it has. While well, my man just crazily yells at a bug in a fucking diving helmet for like 20, 25 minutes. This goes on and on and on until finally he apparently breeds super cockroaches who that are then, that are intelligent. That are intelligent. They they fucking talk to him. They have messages for him. They write. They spell his name on the wall. Look, even if they're smart, let's say he has bred weirdly by breeding a. A paleolithic cockroach with a modern cockroach. Let's say magically he breeds a race of super intelligent cockroaches. How did they learn the Phoenician alphabet? I don't know. It doesn't go then, anywhere. Then the English language. And then his, his fucking name. name which he, it's not like he's walking around the house going, it's not, okay, it's not like if I bred cockroaches and walked around my house going, lore, 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 I'm Justin Lore. And then the cockroach is like, we're like, oh, that fucking jerk off his name. They're going to spell my name on the wall and threaten me. This guy does not, he, he just doesn't, they just know his name. Let's even go the other direction. Let's say you're a super cockroach and this dude has made you. You're clearly not, after one generation, might I? Add. After one generation, one generation, and clearly you're not attached to your mama because you kill her. You kill her. What is it? In, what's in it for you? You're like, you know what, guys? I know this human, like he made us or whatever, and you know we could just leave or we could like eat him. But wouldn't it be cool if we just like fucked with him a little bit? Like, how freaked out would he be if we spelled his name? On the wall. And then, like, nothing good would come for that for us or for him. But it would just be like, I don't know, it would just add a little pizzazz. Maybe maybe he bred some sort of, like, super existentialist cockroach who were just like, our existence is an abhorrent accident. We have no meaning, but we must bring agony and pain to the man who created us just to give us some humor before we die in a month because I think that's our lifespan. And that's what happens is this movie becomes – there's a buildup, there's a buildup, there's a buildup to nothing. And then it sort of – they're just like – they're, they're kind of like hinting it's going to become like a man versus these cockroaches. And then it's just over. They they spell his name. Um, they, they spell an X, which is pretty cool. And then uh, they attack him. He finds out they've been getting out in the night and they're like feeding upon him, which I don't really know why, because the original cockroaches that came out of the ground eat like ash and carbon. Like they burn shit and they eat the ash like the dragons in a rain of fire. And normal cockroaches, they don't eat blood. They don't eat people. No. So where did that trait come from? You know what I mean? It's not like if like it, it's not like if I knew a woman and we made a child out of love, the kid wouldn't have wings or shoot laser beams out of its eyes. Look, okay, let's back this whole thing up. It's not that we're looking for a scientifically viable movie. I just want it to make sense, and it doesn't it just, do that. It, it just doesn't even... Well, it's it's not just that it doesn't make sense, because I like things that sometimes don't make sense, but it doesn't try to... It, it A, doesn't try to make sense. It doesn't even feel like it makes it... It just sort of is like, what the fuck is a plot? Who cares? Here's some bugs. Yeah, I watch The Blob, and I'm like, no, that cool. I'm that, all, you know, like, that, that's, that's fine. Probably one. Two, it's not not making sense because it's trippy or nightmarish or whatever... It's just a normal-ass story that doesn't make any sense. And it doesn't even work narratively. Like, let's say the story, like, we didn't really think through the plot a lot. But for the character's sake, we're getting to know. 
there's no reason for this motherfucker to keep this bug alive. No. I'm going to save one of these bugs, and then, oops, I made super bugs. Oh, okay, that's a movie. Yeah, it's like law-abiding citizen against cockroaches. Like... This movie could be two separate films. Like the, when you first when you first watch this movie, you're like, "All right, there's a church, there's an earthquake, bugs are coming out of the ground, shit is going down. I am in for one fuck of a cool monster bug movie." And then you're like, "Oh wait, never mind. I'm not because now it's about this sad jerk off in a cabin." It really felt. It like just goes to hell. Was like, <clears throat> you know what makes these movies work is if we make the theme to be anti-science. And so far, we haven't been able to have any anti-science stuff. So let's make this scientist an asshole. Yeah. Why? <laughs> no reason. Yeah. Like, I, I just, I mean, it, it, the thing is, is and I, I think about this when I can't, I've thought about it when I can't sleep at night. This movie does have, beyond just creepy, icky, creepy, crawly bugs, it has a similar theme to Mimic. Sure. Y- you're, you know, you're fucking with something you don't understand, not thinking it out, doing it for whatever reason, hubris, petty vengeance, and then you're reaping what you sow. But the difference is in, in Mimic, it... it for it makes sense everything plays out like everything is connected and the the stakes are high in this one you're just like why is it like we and we know why they're they're fucking they're meddling with with god well, but again it's squished together two things like the thing with mimic is like um it's pretty clearly about hubris to a certain extent and yeah about trying to play god um with this movie something naturally happens to them that they didn't they didn't cause the earthquake no they didn't cause these bugs and then they just insert into a movie that's sort of about the randomness and the unexpected sort of uh, past, right? Like, I think in those sorts of movies, something from the past is like burst forth. It's like a reminder that the world is unnatural, the, that, that there's something about nature that is unseemly or uncontrollable yeah. or violent. There's like this thing. And then they just went, let's just thematically switch gears to this dude who, again, also, I get, okay, look, if a bug, God forbid, came in the house and hurt my wife, I'd be upset. I would be upset, too. Would I be upset enough to torture some other random bug for no fucking reason? And again, even his torture motivation is not clear. Like, does he occasionally do petty things to the bug? Sure, he does. But ultimately, he's making a new race of bugs for what fucking reason? Is he going to profit? Like, it it would actually not be that hard. One would have to write maybe a minute's worth of dialogue at most to give us a reason as to why these things are happening. Like, he goes, you know what? Here's the thing. I was just going to fuck with this bug, but I, I realized something. If I create a new species of bug, then I could sell it to Bugs Life Journal mm. and make some of that sweet, sweet bug money. He gives it a name, doesn't he? He gives it, he's yeah. like, the name he is like it after Cockroaches Dickheadedest or whatever. Like He names it after himself. Yeah. So, I, but the thing is, is that whole idea, like that basic plot of a man who like encounters something, it's actually like, right, I, I think there was already a short story or a movie about something where like someone encounters something that fucks them up and they, they, oh, what the, and they like, indult, they, 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 I, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. It wouldn't be a bad idea. If this movie was, like, better made, more well-made, and it was about this guy who these, like, bugs kill his wife or something kills his wife, and he just, like, throws himself into it and he becomes, like, enraptured with it. Yeah, I mean, there's... That a, could be cool. No, 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 That's a thing. Like, a fascination, like, I, you know, they horrified me and so I studied them and then I became um, entranced with them and now I'm almost in service to them because they represent some higher value or whatever. That would be... 
great. That's none of that's there. I mean, and it, again, we spend so much fucking time with this dude in his filth cabin and his goddamn pressurized bug container. He's so mean to the people that come to check up on him too. He's such an asshole. But I'm saying there's so much time spent with. It's not like we didn't have time to justify his actions because the movie's got to keep going. There's so much momentum. Oh, also, it should be pointed out that um, his colleague's wife comes to check on him and she gets killed by the roaches. It's true. So not only has it cost him his wife, it's now cost his friend uh, his wife. Yeah, his life By the way, is apparently wives just exist to get killed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, his life is like fucked to death. So he's like, I might as well spread the misery. I've tortured a bug. I might as well torture someone I love. It's just fucking stupid. It's just a bad movie. It's a, <laughs> it's a shame because. Uh, I think on this show we don't do a lot of bad movies. I think a lot of the movies we've we've mostly done movies that we actually kind of enjoy. No, I mean, okay, even if there's a movie I didn't enjoy, I could still find something valuable in it. Like I didn't particularly, I wasn't particularly nuts about Slugs, but I could find a redeeming value in that. Slugs is a better creepy crawly thing gone wrong than this movie is. Well, parts of it were fun. Parts yeah, of it were actually really not only fun. that, but it followed a narrative that made sense. Like I understood, and it was consistent. It was consistent in tone. Everything about well, it. The only problem with slugs was that it's just hard to imagine how one could be attacked by slugs. It's just exactly still logistically hard. That's to imagine. fine. These bugs, they they create this scenario. I mean, there's also the thing where the bugs are pretty insightful for bugs who can't see. Like the oh, they make it clear they don't have eyes. They don't have eyes. They can't. I mean, they were living in the dirt. Why the fuck would they have eyes? They live in the dirt. They burn up the dirt, apparently, which is like, by the way, it, 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 it doesn't quite get there, but it starts to suggest that all earthquakes are caused by these firebugs. I'm on board with that. I don't know. No, no. Everyone knows earthquakes are the lizard people drilling into the earth for our precious, precious moon gems. Mm-hmm. That have, were they left there by the lizard people from the moon. Yeah, no, of course. Yeah. And they're, most of them are under the Denver airport. Or Dolce Base. That's neither here nor there. Don't even get me started. Anyway, we don't have time to talk about crypto-terrestrial theory. Look, look. In the next, in the next, in the next segment of this episode, we're going to talk about crypto-terrestrials. Because of, uh... Mimic? It's mimic. sort of crypto-terrestrial. No, get out of here. I'm sorry, who has numerous books on crypto-terrestrial and their crypto-terrestrial what theory? I'm saying, if any of those fucking books are like, oh, let's just throw into the mix beings we've made ourselves i'm saying the idea of there being things that live amongst us that deceive us into thinking we're them is the base but we made them i know that i'm saying it has there has to be a new category it has tendencies of crypto terrestrial theory that's stupid everything what you're saying is stupid you're sounding like a like a normal right now okay so anyway you're being so square we'll get there we'll get there no, it's cool. Don't watch Bug. Soon we will be discussing Justin's sheeple theories in which he says things that sheeples say. As Liam adjusts his fedora and <laughs> call, calls me a statist asshole. You're such a statist. Such a statist. Just fucking rips cotton. Uh, I didn't like this movie. I didn't like Bradford Dillman or Alan Fudge. I didn't... Oh, yeah. All the acting is... I mean, it, but, uh, look, it's a low-budget... 75 horror movie it's competent bugs. but it's but none of the acting's good no there's no one who stands out that you're like oh well at least i saw it because they're in it like everyone's bad in it everyone sucks no one is likable like 
when the guy's wife dies, when the woman, when his friend's wife dies, and his, like, you're just like, I fucking don't care. Like, I, I have nothing invested in these people. And not that I'm looking for some deep human connection with the characters in... I, I kind of care when she's on fire and she's running around. That was kind of brutal. <sighs> I guess, but... She's it, like, ah! Well, I, I mean, it looked like a... It didn't look like her on fire. It looked like a completely different well, person. of course. They, come on. Okay. I'm done talking about this movie. I don't have it in me to fucking talk about Jeno Swark's bug anymore. Are we done? I don't want to talk about this movie. It's so bad. <laughs> we could be done. I'm so I'm so I think I'm so, I'm just sad because I wanted to see the nest and we couldn't. And we said we had to watch this. I ordered it. You know, it's it. What are you gonna watch with the nest now? Because we can't do mimic. Could watch, we, we could watch Mimic 2, The Sentinel. So not interested in that. We're not watching, no. I, I, I actually am going to... Um, I, don't, I don't know. We'll just, uh, Maybe we'll do The Nest, and then we'll do that giant mosquito movie. Which giant mosquito movie? Another one with giant mosquitoes. Skeeter, mosquito, which one? There's a few of them? Liam, of course there is. That's like saying, let's do the movie about the big snake, and you're like, which one? The one with the shitty giant mosquitoes. I've only seen one, okay? Okay, well, we'll watch the shitty giant mosquito movie. Ooh, we can watch... No, no, we can't watch the Deadly Mantis. That's... We could do Squirm. No. You don't want to do Squirm? Nope. I have a thing about worms. I right, I so saw, Squirm it is. I saw Tune the, in next time. I saw that movie at the Mahoning Drive-In and wanted to fucking vomit and scream and fucking shit my pants and eat the shit. So many times watching maybe the movie. We'll, maybe what we should do is a Christmas episode next one. Yeah. We, we could do Christmas Evil. Yeah. And, uh... Silent Night, Deadly Night. Sure. Rare Exports. Did we already do Rare Exports? We didn't. We should do Rare Exports. And Christmas Evil. Yeah, we can do Christmas Evil. I like Christmas Evil a lot. Okay. You're seeing a peek behind the curtain. The wizard is just a man pulling levers. Wizard of Oz. No, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> if you have suggestions of movies you think we should cover. I mean, my all-time Christmas horror movie, you would laugh at me if I told you, so I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, no, no, tell me what. Take a guess. No, I have no I'll idea. give you a clue. It has a Mothman in it. He makes prophecies. The Mothman prophecies? I love that movie. I watch it every Christmas. <laughs> oh, my God. Get it out of my face. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I do like Gremlins. Like, that's good yeah, one. That's technically one. And then I do. Um... Well, usually Black Christmas. We did. We, we did Black Christmas. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. My rotation. Um, I don't do, you know, I, I feel like I should go back to his, uh, the Santa Claus movie where he kills people. Yeah, Silent Night, Deadly Night? Or Rare Exports? No, 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 no. Christmas Evil? No, isn't there one, um, isn't there one kind of along the lines of Jack Frost? Wait, what? Remember Jack Frost, the snowman who kills people? Yeah. I thought there was a Santa Claus version of that. I, I think you're thinking of Rare Exports. I'm definitely not thinking of Rare Exports because that's a foreign film and it's charming. This movie is not charming. <laughs> okay. Whatever. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. Point is, you should let us know. Yes. What movies you think sh- we should cover? You want us to cover some new, you know, f- the hip movie like the Transfiguration or all the cool kids are watching shit, the Autopsy of Jane Doe or whatever, or you want us to dig into some Italian we so get into some Umberto <laughs> Lenzi or uh, fucking uh. Bava. Which Bava? Throw the dice. Throw the dice. Or uh, DiMaggio. Giancarlo DiMaggio. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, that's wrong. Uh, anyways, whatever it is you want us to, maybe even want us to do, we'll do some Universal Johns. You got some Universal Johns you want us to do? We'll do that. Yeah. Hit us up. Hit us up on the Twitter. Whatever it yeah. is, we will overanalyze it, and it'll be great. Yes. Let's talk about Mimic. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll be back. Talk, talk about Mimic. Talk about Guillermo del Toro. Mimic. Glarmo, the Glarblarmos. Glarmo. Glarmo. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about Guillermo del Toro's first non-Spanish Civil War related movie. Mimic. Uh. Strickler's disease came to New York like a thief in the night. It was deadly, threatening to steal an entire generation of our children from before our eyes. Since it has proven to be virtually immune to chemical control, we had to find a new avenue of attack. We recombined DNA to create a biological counteragent. We call it the Judas Breed. Three years ago, a team of brilliant scientists found a way to stop a deadly disease. The cure they created has taken on a life of its own. So you think your little Frankenstein's got the better of you? There's some weird shit here. Lots of it. They all died in the lab. But you let them out. Evolution is a way of keeping things alive. Sometimes an insect will evolve to mimic its predator. A fly can look like a spider. A caterpillar can look like a snake. They are breeding. Whatever it becomes, it destroys. Peter, these are lungs. Yesterday, it became human. If that thing has been around, how come nobody's ever seen it? I think we have. You see the size of that thing? We changed its DNA. Survive this. Sorvino, Jeremy Northam, Josh Brolin, Charles Dutton, Giancarlo Giannini, F. Murray Abraham, Mimic. I post everything on fucking Instagram so you'll see it. Cool. And we're back to talk about 1997's Mimic. Written by Matthew Robbins, who also wrote Crimson Peak, Dragon Slayer, Batteries Not Included, and Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Had a writing credit in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which, for whatever reason, my computer uh, auto-corrected to Close Encounters of the Third King. Um, <laughs> it's based on the short story of the same title by Donald Walheim. Directed by Guillermo del Toro, who's directed several movies. Some movies. Some good movies, including but not limited to Kronos, The Devil's Backbone, Hellboy, Pan's Labyrinth, Pacific Rim, and Crimson Peak, and unfortunately not at the Mountains of Madness, because him directing at the Mountains of Madness would have made H.P. Lovecraft spin in his fucking grave. Which is a good thing. Uh, starring Mira Sorvino, who is in Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion, The Replacement Killers, Summer of Sam. She had a small bit part in this stuff with her father, Paul Sorvino. Uh, Jeremy Northam, who was in The Invasion in the Net. Alexander Goodwin, who's in a bunch of shit. 
Giancarlo Giannini, who was in Hannibal, Man on Fire, Quantum of Solace, Casino, Ro- Casino Royale, and then uh, a bunch of Italian drama films um, that I I didn't feel like writing down because there's a lot of them and I wouldn't do it justice. I would just come off as come off as sounding inappropriate by pronouncing them. And then uh, F. Murray Abraham, who was in Amadeus, Grand Budapest Hotel, and Scarface. Norman Reedus, who was in 8mm, Blade Two, in this show about zombies. And then Charles S. Dutton, who was in Alien 3, Gothica, Rock, Secret Window, and A Time to Kill, and Josh Brolin, who was in The Infinity War and nothing else. Uh, had a budget of 30 grand, and it only grossed 20, or 30 million, and it only grossed 25 million in the U.S. That kind of bums me out. Gianna Giannini. <laughs> Yo, his scenes in Hannibal are fucking dope. Yeah, no, that's true. They're so good. I didn't know Mimic didn't do that well. I, well, okay. <clears throat> I realized um, after we watched this, I went and looked on Letterboxd. I was like, let's see what the community, let's see what the hive mind. Let's see what the kids are saying. Let's see what the kids on the streets of Letterboxd yeah. are saying about this movie. They're not good. People do not like this movie. That confuses me. I mean, <clears throat> you know. You can like what you like. You can dislike what you dislike. In this particular case, I feel like you could also maybe get fucked. Um, in the sense that I don't know what the problem is. I'm Okay. The movie is dark, and I don't mean thematically. No, like no, no. It's visually very dark. Yeah. And I, I do admit that that is probably to compensate for some of the CGI, which is not great. Which is fine, because that's what makes... I mean, that that's admittedly people who have made some of the greatest monster movies with practical effects have said that the the mood of the movie where they shoot in darkness, it's not an aesthetic choice. It's more of a, you're going to cover up the shitty latex. Like that's why most of aliens is so dark because if you've ever seen what the monster from alien looks like under the light, it doesn't look good. I think part of our issue is that post Jurassic park, everyone wanted hand jobs. Like basically Jurassic park happens and for no reason, it looks good. Like, you got to understand, when Jurassic Park happened, I mean, first of all, Spielberg was, like, the, you know, the biggest director of all time and made some yeah. of the biggest movies of all time. So it's easier for him to spend this money. And he and he makes this movie, Jurassic Park, that looks amazing. Still, still looks really Still great. looks incredible. And everyone else is like, fuck, what are we going to do? We got to catch up. And so a movie like Mimic is trying to have to deliver on some of those effects. You can't have champagne with a beer pocketbook. You can't have a Stan Winston movie when all you got is Rob Bottin. <laughs> like, Rob Bottin. I love Rob Bottin. But, okay, and I will say, okay, I also think the parts that aren't CGI are not that bad. I think no. people overestimate, but, but a lot of the reviews I was reading were along those lines, and I think partly it's because, too, uh, Del Toro has a certain aesthetic. Yes, and some people did not perceive his aesthetic in this movie. Now, for me, and I think for you as well, yeah. large sections of this underground area that in which these bugs live feel like Del Toro to me. Yes. In fact, reminds me, parts of it remind me weirdly of Hellboy 2. I was just about to say that. There's a lot of DNA of what will become Hellboy 2 in Mimic. It's... Yes. Um... So I guess before we dive any further into like dissecting this movie and pulling it apart and everything, 
the basic plot of Mimic is takes place in New York City and it opens up and there's this disease that's being spread by cockroaches that is killing children. Or and if the children's it's like a like a like a polio analog. You know, they even say like, eh, even if these kids live, they'll never walk again. And because uh, Mir Sorvino plays like an entomologist, which in not fancy person talk is a bug scientist. She's a bug doctor. She talks bugs. The bug lady. She figures out like if we want to stop the spread of this disease, it maybe if we can like wipe out the, the cockroach population in New York, we'll stop this disease. And how they do that? They crossbreed uh, a praying mantis, a termite, and a bunch of other shit. And what they're gonna this this bug? They call it the Judas bug. Judas Iscariot who portrayed Jesus. Um, it's a little 20, Bible knowledge for you. Silver, it's a little Bible him, yeah, knowledge Hung himself from you. the tree with a mule rope. Um, Sing that great song. Oh my gosh. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Jesus Christ, superstar. Anyway. But I want you to live. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> so, the Judas bug would... It was basically... Damn it! It would go underground. It would it would it would it would uh, integrate with the cockroaches, and it would produce this enzyme enzyme that would kill the cockroaches en mass, and then they were supposed to die out die off after one generation. Basically, it's a giant scene of bug bukkake. Only um, the goo is poisonous. Yeah, and then it works. It wipes out. It drastically lowers the cockroach population. There's no more cases of this disease. Mira Servino is hailed as a hero. Um, flash forward three years in the future. Um, you know, to the future secure of 1997. Uh, and I forget exactly what kicks off the suspicions. So people start missing. People yeah, start. There's people, a series of disappearances. People start disappearing. Yeah. And then there's like these kids who they're like these like street urchin type kids who they bring these like weird bugs to Mira Sorvino for money. They're like, you're a bug lady, so give us like fifteen dollars and a hot dog, and we'll call it even. And one day they bring her this bug, this disgusting fucking. It looks like a big cockroach, and she's like, holy fuck, this is a, this is my bug. This is the Judas bug, but it's like bigger than it should be. And then you know some shit goes down, and they find out that these bugs over ten thousand generations because they breed so fast. Um, in the words of the immortal Jeff Goldblum, life finds a way. And they become, uh, she had bred into them the trait that they were going to mimic their prey, which was cockroaches. And then they advance, they evolve to mimic their new prey. The most dangerous prey. Man. So, there's all these like kind of creepy scenes where it, it just look like guys wearing like trench coats standing around. And then at like first glance, you're like, oh, that's a tall guy wearing a trench coat. But then you get close and you realize that their faces are like the bug's carapace. And then the face would split open. The trench coat was wings and the fucking you're dead. And they had, you know, they're like the soldier cast. They're like, it's called, it's called mimic because they look like people. <laughs> um, and then uh, Charles S. Dutton gets involved. Josh Brolin gets involved. And they descend. They have to descend down into the sewers to uh, conquer this because unlike the bugs in Bug... Um, there is a very real possibility that if these things get out of New York and breed, they could fucking decimate the human population. Like they're they're they they're evolved to basically kill us, so they have to stop it. Um. So. <laughs> okay, let's. Let me name a few things up front 
that aren't great about the movie, sort of get them out of the way. Metallica's so, not on the soundtrack. That's one thing I didn't like. So that if people say them, we can sort of own up. Okay. We've been documented in the past as, as saying this, but I want to reiterate it again that um, the official position of Horror Business as a podcast is that um, autistic children are not magic. Yes. They don't have special powers. And um, no matter how unique and interesting each individual children, ch- children, child, or adult for that matter, who has autism might be, and there are all kinds of ways that they are unique individuals, um, I'm not sure they can communicate with giant bugs using spoons. Yeah, there's a scene, and it's creepy. It's sure. very creepy. Sure. There's a little boy in this whose dad is a sh- is the kid is he's aut- autistic and his thing is he he plays the spoons and he's like he sees people like he'd see me and he'd say uh shitty synthetic leather Nikes size ten and a half. And it's from the sound he hears he hears the, the sound, sound of and your he, shoe and he knows a lot yeah, about your and he, shoe and he and he one day he sees he sees this this person get killed by this bug and he keeps saying funny funny shoes Mister funny shoes because. It's not a person wearing shoes. It's a fucking bug that looks like a person. And I don't mean like funny, where it's like you're like you go up to like order a hot dog, and you're like, yeah, can I get one with mustard? And the guy looks up and he's a bug, and he's like, here you go, and he hands you a hot dog with a bug hand. It's you know, it, there's these giant cockroaches killing people, and this kid's like, funny shoes. And then he, the way these things communicate, they kind of like, it's sort of like if you could imagine like kind of how the raptors sound like sound like in the Lost World, that like clack 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 clack, like he kind of communicates with them with the spoons. But the whole point is, is that they make this whole thing how like they're like your son, he's amazing, and you know uh, Giovanni G- Giancarlo Giannini's character is like yes he is he doesn't need school he he learns all he needs to for me he's very special, and it's sort of implied that like he has these like this magic ability to to understand the bugs because he's autistic. <laughs> which is Liam made the joke the implication is that autistic children like insects which is way fucking not cool it's besides the fact that it, none of it makes sense I mean the connection between him using the spoons to communicate with the big bugs yeah and him hearing the shoes and guessing what kind of shoes they are there's no literal connection yeah, between those they, two they things they don't understand like if, if he had just sat there and he just like heard people walking with shoes he'd be like okay and he would just say the shoes but at some point it's just he plays the spoons too and the bugs aren't even playing a particularly it, it's not like a, like a rap battle where the bug does one rhythm and the kid's like well, fuck you and he shoots back with the, this rhythm it's just like these bugs are smart enough where they're like they're like talking to him with their noises but I'm like there's no way those bugs think that's another bug well, and and the idea that he is totally stoked on them until he sees the bugs murder someone. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, wait, the bugs are bad. Oh, no. Uh, and, and, and this is a thing that we brought this up before, but and I don't want to beat a dead horse, so to speak, but I just want to say this again. The autistic child thing is so cheap in movies because it's like, they have to be magical enough to accomplish this thing. Yes. But then not be wary enough or insightful enough to handle regular human interactions it's, so that you you get your basically uh, your wounded weapon. Yeah. This 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 person or this thing gives you an insight or a way in or something, but they also aren't quite all there and whatever. And this is by no means the worst offender of this. No, and not at all. And if someone said this ruined the movie for me, I'd be a little surprised because it's not that big a part of the movie. But because I want to defend this movie, I should say up front, that was one aspect of the movie that didn't work well for me. Um, I'll also say 
I just think the whole three year like their evolution is so advanced that now they're giant and they're hunting us. <sighs> I get it. You don't want to go more than three years because your whole point is that in nineties terms, and people probably don't know this anymore because it's not the case. But in nineties terms, Mira Servino would be considered hot. Uh, and so what they don't want to do is jump ahead a more reasonable time period, which would be 10 years. No, but they breed so fast. That's the whole thing. They talk no, about but it. No, it doesn't work. I'm sorry. What? It doesn't work at all. If they jump forward to a more reasonable amount, 10 years, then they can no longer have her, you know, in a nightgown for no reason or in various – there are various ways that they try to play up that she's also hot – and that's part of her sort of character is like she's inspiring and insightful, but oh, and she's sexy. Um, and if they have to go in the future, they lose that aspect. So they do this ridiculously poorly justified three years, and it's oh well, their metabolism and the whatever. It, the idea, even with that advanced metabolism and and um, that their lifespan is so short, that lots of animals have short lifespans and they don't develop nine foot tall or eight foot tall versions of but themselves. But how many of those animals were were the result of man's meddling in the process that God himself is only allowed to... But let's clarify. Also, 10 years is also scientifically impossible, regardless of what we did to these animals. Mm. But it works better for the audience. I just think asking an audience to buy into... It's only been a few years, but oh, all of a sudden we're filled with giant monster insects. Like, I just think you're asking a lot of them to go along with you. If you picked a slightly longer period of time, it would be easier to swallow. I want to go on record and say Liam speaks solely for himself on this one. I had no problem accepting and even embracing the fact that the bugs could become human-sized killing machines in three years. I'm okay with that. Everything you're saying is stupid. Here's what I didn't like about the movie. (laughs) Uh, I thought it was kind of whack how they just sort of introduced me or Mira Sorvino as being pregnant and then like threw it away. Like it's always kind of under the surface, but they never really bring it. They're just like, oh, she's pregnant. And then there's all these moments because she doesn't know she's pregnant. There's all these moments where her um, love interest is that her husband or her. Boyfriend. It's her husband. There's all these moments where her husband thinks about telling her and then doesn't tell her. And then we're supposed to get the idea that like he sacrifices himself even more so because she's pregnant. It's but, just... By the way, the underbelly of that being if she wasn't pregnant, he'd be like, yeah, you're right. You should go. <laughs> you know, like It's just like, a dumb thing. It's a dumb, shitty thing. And th- it's to not say, necessary. It's not necessary. It's say like, movie. well, what would make a woman troubled? I know women like getting. Pre- that's all they want to do is get pregnant. It was just this like cheap thing. To, like we need to bring drama to the character, so let's make her a woman who can't get pregnant. Like especially because it, the movie also kind of plays up like somehow her job is less important than his job because he works for the CDC, and I'm like. Yeah, he's a flunky who shows up in shit-covered rooms to see if there's a shit yeah. problem. She's an actual scientist yeah. who does actual science. Th- cool shit. She has a fucking tube full of termites in her office that they have a camera that they look in and laser pointers to show kids. Like, it, it was just like, everything, like, even like some of the more like, quote-unquote, motherly things she was doing. I, like, there's these like, kids who have like, shit lives and she's like, trying to like, take care of them. These kids that come in her office with their bug, like, I'm okay with that. I'm not okay with just like, you know, they need to, and they need to make her like a, like a, like a, like a troubled character somehow. So they're just like, ah, she can't get pregnant. Like, there are so many other things you could have gone with, but it was just like, they just picked the cheapest one. I didn't like that. I also thought uh, her love interest was, I, I find that actor annoying. Yeah, he's just, uh, I mean, he is what he is. I, you know, 
there's there's I, I part of that is because I think the other performances are pretty good actually. Yes. So he's just sort of a dead zone. I don't believe that she would be with him per se. He's other not. Than, other than like we both study bugs. So hey man, I watched um, I watched Species last night where Alfred Molina gets it on with Natasha Henshaw. So I'll fucking believe anything in a movie at this point. So. Speaking of a movie that doesn't hold up well, oh my god! <laughs> I mean, I got the Blu-ray over there if you want to watch it. I don't. The spe- also I... two and three. Ugh, the CGI in that one. I watched it last night and I was like, "What the fuck?" I watched Michael Madsen get his dick sucked for nothing. All right, that's gross. So, anyway, um, the CGI also in this movie doesn't age great. It's not bad. The only scene where it's truly egregious is in the subway where she gets taken. The the flying bug is just terrible. Uh, I thought the scene where her, her husband is like hiding and he's like trying not to sweat and the bug walks over him. I thought that was worse. Okay, that's also pretty bad. But there's a couple of scenes where they clearly have fake bugs that they're sort of yes. pushing against walls, like as if they're there. Yeah, that's fine. It's not great, but it's yeah. not terrible, terrible. And it doesn't break except for that scene you mentioned. Most of the scenes it doesn't break the tension. No, I'm not, not taken out of the moment. No, 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 no. Uh, the flip side. What what I what I like about this movie, and I like a lot. Um, I have made no secret of my fascination with the idea of there being things like things amongst us that look like people but are not. Oh my god! Here we go. Are you done? Oh my god! Here we go. So, the basic idea of this movie that there's like like um. And it, it's kind of played up at the end when they're, you know, after they kill the bugs, which, spoiler alert, uh, Mira Servino's like standing at the top, like looking down into the subway station as people are streaming out because this movie ends kind of the way it ends in slugs. They're like, or or uh, Chud, how they just blow up a goodish amount of uh, New York. Like, they blow up several cars. And she's like, people are like streaming out of the subway. They're like panicking. And she's like standing there and she's looking down and she sees like a, a figure. Like a, that she can't quite see, and it's this really well shot scene where you, as the viewer, are like it really puts you in her place. You're like, I can't see what the fuck is down there, and it could be one of these things just standing there and looking up and looking at her, um, because earlier, you know, Liam her earlier mentioned a scene where the CGI didn't work. There's a scene where she's standing in the subway, and she sees this guy, and it looks like he's wearing a trench coat, and she's like, Excuse me, sir, do you have the time? And he just ignores her and she's like, do you have the time? And then she walks up and the closer you get, you realize, oh, it's one of these fucking bugs. Wings open up. So she's like looking down in, into this into the subway as these people are streaming out. She's trying to see who it is. And it's her husband and he's got a blanket wrapped around him and he's so she's so surprised that he's alive and whatever. But there's a moment where you think like, oh, it's one of those things. And I think that scene in particular where there's all these people around – moving past this thing that may or may not be human but looks like a person, I think that's so fucking fascinating. I, I think the idea that like we could go about our everyday lives and especially in like a city like New York and there could just be these things amongst us that we don't know about, that's really fucking cool. Tell me that's not cool. You're an asshole. <laughs> You're an asshole. <laughs> no, it's not I, I it's not that I don't think it's cool. I actually I think you just woke Oh me. fuck I was gonna smoke my baby. I'm sorry. Hold on, everybody. I'm sorry, Maeve. Yep. I'm the asshole now. Let's see if she goes back to sleep. She might go back to sleep. Um, uh, no, no, no. I, I, I think that idea is cool. I will say um, I don't 
think this movie gets there as much as it tries to. Like, I believe that a little bit that you might not notice these things, but a lot of times they just don't look that human to me. No, but what I'm saying is, is like, in a dark subway, you just see, like, I mean, how many times have you been somewhere, you've just seen someone out of the corner of your eye just standing there being weird? I mean, anytime you would have been in a room with me and you're not looking directly at me, that's what I'm doing. Um, and then th- this idea that they're, they're underground and there's this, this, this vast underground labyrinth in New York City, which despite certain people in this podcast who aren't me might say, is still weird to think about that it's under New York City. Um, there, there, there's just something about that, there's something about the idea that there's something man-made that man doesn't know the extent of. Doesn't know the full extent of it. So there's all these like tunnels under like subways and and secret bunkers that the Rockefellers used and whatever. Um, and then there's there's these like that some other species that could usurp us has taken it over and it's underground. It's just beneath the surface, just teeming with nasty bugs that are like trench coat wearing men. I, I just I, I don't know. I, there's just something that speaks to me on a very primal level about that that creeps me out. Um, so weird to me. That, nothing about that creeps me out. And that's fine. The bug aspect creeps me out because bugs are gross. Yeah. No, there's... Everything there, about bugs... There's, there's like, the, the bug aspect, that's, that, that's creepy. But then again, there's also the idea of, like, just inhuman thing. Inhumans in our mists. I was just going to quote the misfits, and it fucking fled me. God damn it. <sighs> Thought you were they walk down city streets in an unsuspecting human world. Inhuman in their, inhuman in their mist. This world is the mimic bugs to own. Judas bugs. There's something scary about that. That's what I'm trying to say. And I, I, I think Del Toro really brings uh, like, like a certain... I, like, I don't know if this movie would work if it wasn't made by Guillermo Del Toro. Because this has, this has... He puts his stamp like all over this movie. Like, icky bugs. Like, weird shit just under the surface. Weird architecture underground. Um, Norman Reedus, it's just... <laughs> Yo, Norman Reedus looks like such a fucking freak in this movie. And that's, he looks like that in every movie he's in. He looks freakier here than anywhere else. 100%. I was like, wait, is that fucking Norman Reedus? What is he wrong He just looks like a, like a ratty dude. He looks like he's been on a meth binge. Well. <laughs> um, so what I was going to ask you was, do you think this is Guillermo del Toro's weakest movie? Mm, I mean, I would have to rewatch some of the other ones to make a better call but off the top of my head no uh because i'm inclined to say hellboy 2 is his weakest movie okay mm-hmm. but even then i i need to re- so i have fond memories of both blades period he only did the second one though right oh did he only do the second one yeah yeah okay so i have fond memories of blade 2 Oh, really fond memories. I really enjoy both the Hellboys in my brain, though I way more enjoy the first one than the second one. Yes. Um, I think Crimson Peak was underrated. I didn't love it, but I thought it was underrated. And I and I really liked Pacific Rim, which a lot of people did not enjoy. I don't understand that. A lot of people did not enjoy it. Um, so all that stuff is sounds defense, but um, I feel like. And that's I'm just so I'm just assuming that because I've seen them more recently, Chronos, Devil's Backbone, um, Pan's Labyrinth. These are all movies I'm, I like more than Mimic. Period. The, okay. There's no doubt there in my mind that these are all superior movies to Mimic. But you know maybe if I rewatch Hellboy two, I would 
like Mimic more. It's hard to say. I don't know. So, so it's hard. I, I, I'm not sure. Right now, I'm inclined to say it's not that it might be more Hellboy two, but uh, we'll see. I don't. I would need to rewatch. I I think this uh, because this was his first American film, correct? I also think this movie is like the like this was his first like this this movie really established, um, you know, like I said earlier, like all the stuff that we think of when we think of like Guillermo del Toro, like the fantastic, slightly Lovecraftian stuff. Um, this movie really embodies it all. Like he writes stuff like. You know, you got like Blade Two and Hellboy, and even The Strain. Uh, it, it calls to mind this this idea, like I said, of these things that look like people that are amongst us and secretly praying amongst us, and possibly live underground. Um, that all started with with with, with Mimic. Um, even though that's not an actual kind. Con- I mean, this is based on like a short story by someone else, but I guess I, I'll say Del Toro makes it his own and then and and builds upon it. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you specifically was. Del Toro has in his movies a lot of the times some like religious overtones. Do you think this movie had any religious overtones? Yeah, I, I mean, I think specifically the using the church and some of the imagery around the bugs themselves, and um, even the way that uh, Mir Servino's character sort of talks about. There's there's a lot of just random references to religion. Yeah. In, in the film, um, and you could say that maybe it's a religious theme. This one of like not messing with you know god's creation quote unquote but it doesn't hit the film doesn't hit those themes that hard and it doesn't necessarily to me even hit some of his other themes like pan's labyrinth doesn't have a lot of obvious uh christianity in it but you could argue that it is a religious movie in the ways that it thinks about reality and hope and fantasy and sacrifice like those themes and you know Again, maybe because this was not his narrative, he directed it and he made it his own, but it wasn't his story to tell. There's less of some of those larger themes that I think connect to like Catholicism in a very direct way, you know, where as compared to some of his other movies in which it's very present. Like what? Um, I would say again, um, uh, Kronos. Sorry, Uh, Kronos, Devil's Backbone. Pan's Labyrinth is less Catholic per se, even though some of that's there, but it still has, I think, religious themes going on. Yeah. Um, definitely not. I don't think Pacific Rim. I think, well, uh, but there's certainly religious themes in Crimson Peak. There's a lot of uh, religious themes in uh, not necessarily the TV show, but the book that The Strain is based on that he wrote. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um. I, I don't mean like religious, like subtle. I mean like God is like a character in that book. So oh, okay. it's, it's like, uh, but it's just I I don't know if he's a particularly religious person. I just think a lot a lot of his movies come off as like there being like an element of faith in them, which I I, th- I think is is kind of cool. Yeah, totally. Um, well, and I think there's some religious themes in Troll Hunters. Have you watched Troll Hunters? I have not watched Troll Hunters. It's really good. That's what I hear. It's really really good. Um. Okay, we should probably wrap up because I think my movie is a week. Okay, uh, I would say definitely go see go see Mimic. Um, it 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 has a lot of the same themes as Bug. You know, don't fuck with nature because it will rise up and you know bite you in the ass and kill you and then look like you. Um, I again I don't understand why people don't like this movie. I wonder I, if part of it's just that it's very '90s. It has a very '90s aesthetic. It does. And I think that if you're not into that, you're not into the that. The poster looks like the poster for Phantoms, which is a decidingly not as good movie. 
it's a random reference, but okay. Look, I'm serious. Like, look at look at the two posters. They're very like they look the same. Um, so yeah, mimic good. Bug not good. Uh, I guess that's it. So, do you have anything else you want to add? Any anything coming up? Any shout outs you want to give? Shout out to my baby who is screaming right now. Is she? Yeah. Okay. All right, we're going to get going. You can check out more episodes of this at www.cinepunks.com. There's information on our Patreon how you can throw us a little bit of money if you so feel inscribed to, which you shouldn't. Inscribed is a word I made up just now. Inscribed? inscribed. Uh, there's stuff. We have shirts for sale now, so you check, check that out. Um, just remember, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, and send us a link with a five-star review, and we'll send you some free shit. So until next time, thanks for listening, and stay spooky. Oh, come on. You're breaking my heart. <laughs> Stop it. So loud. She's so loud. If you take two old punk rockers who are past their prime, put them in front of a movie screen and give them a podcast, what do you get? Cinema punks. Cinepunks. It's the mixtape of movies. Break out.